started then, because we're already live. Hello, everybody. You're damn right. It's the Hoopercast, uh, episode 202 of the Hoopercast Movie Hour. Dustin is here. I'm here. Let's uh, talk about movies. Hey, Dustin. Hey, how are you? Man, I'm, I'm good. Sweet. Lower energy tonight. Yeah, that's all right. It's all right. It's all good. It's a Monday night. Like you, you have to expect it. Every once in a while, it's just going to be kind of chill. I'm trying to conserve. I'm trying to pace myself this week, man. It's just Monday, and right, right. Yeah, I you don't want to burn out too early. I want to be safe. Right. I just want to be safe. There's nothing worse than like Thursday morning rolling around, and you're like, I can't. I can't <laughs> do it. I can't do it. <laughs> It'll be a short week for me this week, but I'm still. Uh, it's, it's it's today's been a <clears throat> today's been a, a crucible already. So. Yep. Uh, yep. You know. Same. Who, 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 <laughs> Who knows? Um, anyway, uh, <clears throat> good Lord. Well, if you're listening to the podcast later, we're actually live streaming the first half of the show. So if you want to participate in that in the future, uh, usually Monday nights, usually 930, 830 Central, uh, Facebook.com slash Hoopercast. Um, that's really the only reason to follow the Facebook page. We don't like post stuff there, but um, except for this. So that's good too. Yeah. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio on Demand, SoundCloud. Those are all places where you can find the show. If you are listening live and dropping in, uh, and you happen to hear this exact <laughs> section of the show, <laughs> right? Uh, anyway, so there's that too. Um, so yeah, over the next hour, you're going to hear our thoughts on the weekend box office, our review of the tonight's film or films, and our script doctoring segment where we're going to talk about what we would have done to uh, make tonight's movies uh, better. Because there's usually always something. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get, first of all, let's talk about the weekend box office. Okay. <clears throat> um, this should come as no big surprise. Of course, number one is still um, Avengers Endgame on its third weekend, uh, bringing in $66 million. Um, 57% drop from last weekend, which was like $143 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that brings still the exact same theater count, by the way. It hasn't dropped out of one theater since its yep. opening. Because yep. um, they'd be crazy, too. Yep. Um, but that puts the total domestic gross above $700 million, $723. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, worldwide is up to $2.4 billion, I believe, right now. Yep, yep. yep. So how far away is uh, Avatar? 2.8? Right. Yeah. Yep. It'll it'll hit it. You think so? I think it, I think it has every every chance at hitting it. I guess there is all like the internet. I mean, this is because I was thinking, well, oh, sixty three this weekend. So was that going to be like forty eight next weekend at the at best? But then I keep yeah. thinking you got to think international. You know. Right. Right. Exactly. Now, of course, number two, which had a pretty solid opening of its own. Um, Warner Brothers. Well, you know, compared to Avengers, at least Warner Brothers. Um, Pokemon Detective Pikachu debuting yep. number two this weekend, making $54 million. Yep. Um, actually they were saying that this was doing better in Japan than Avengers, which the article I saw Makes was like, sense. was like a, Oh, Avengers not as popular. It's like, well, you think, you think anything's going to beat Pokemon in Japan, dude? Right, 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 right. So it, it is the largest uh, opening for a video game adaptation, apparently. It's so interesting to me that, that, that that's technically a video game adaptation. It is. It is. So there was a video game called Detective Pikachu. Oh. It's based on that. Yeah. <clears throat> I did not know that. I thought that was just a... Yep. Just like thing. an offshoot. Nope. You know, it's, it's based weird. Based on a game. I, I, I fell victim to the, the... I fell victim to it again, because it's always like, oh, I thought this was an original thing. Like, one of the tonight's films. I thought that was original. Based on mm-hmm. short story. Yep. Yep. <sighs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, number three is The Hustle, which is a remake of... What is it? Um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Okay. <clears throat> Opening at $13 million, number three. So, uh... I guess that's good too. I don't know. Um, maybe not. I have no opinion of it. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I, I don't know what I expect the box office to be next weekend, honestly, because um, I mean I, I expect Avengers to stay on top, but Pikachu's gonna gonna hang in. Although, what's opening this weekend? Opening this Ooh, weekend. I should know this. I've been talking about it for weeks. John Wick three opens this weekend. Yep, yep, yep. yep. But but that's rated R. You know, Detective Pikachu. I think is gonna. I don't know if it'll hang on to number two, but it will. Uh, John Wick might get an opening weekend. Um, I don't know. Every time I make predictions, I'm wrong. So right, I don't know right, what right. I'm talking about. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It, because it's rated R, it, it could go either way. Um, some of those, you know, tend are either are, they're either huge or they're not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I will say John Wick, uh, the first one, the lifetime gross is 43 million and mm-hmm. chapter two's lifetime gross is 92 million. Um, Ooh. so, so granted that's growing and you would expect John Wick three to grow some more. Um, the question is by how much, right? Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. This thing is ruining my signal. Go over there. Um, of course, the dog's journey also, right? Which is right. ironic because that makes you think of the dog's journey in John Wick, which was mm. about seven minutes of screen time, and then right, right, being right. killed. <laughs> right. Um, hopefully, it turns out better for the dog and a, a dog's journey. <laughs> um, what was the? Didn't this already come? Am I thinking of something else? Was there a? Wasn't there another? There dog, was like a, a dog's, dog's purpose. purpose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this basically the same thing? No, this is different. Oh. This is about like some reincarnating dog that dies but then keeps coming back as a different breed for the same human. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, well, that's yeah. different. Um, speaking yeah. of different um, and quickly debunked, I'm still going to mention it because, I don't know, it had it had some merit. Just mm-hmm. speaking briefly of... Uh, of uh, film news, uh, and then I'll go back to the other thing I should be talking about before this, but I'm just going to uh, press on. There was a rumor, and it was, it's was it been shot down since I saved this article, but there was a rumor that for this Suicide Squad movie um, with uh, James Gunn directing that, of course, it would involve Michael Rooker as they are um, frequent collaborators. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rumor was that uh, Michael Rooker was going to be, um, might be playing King Shark. Yep. Um, and I thought like, oh, okay, that'd be uh, interesting because I, I, I didn't even know who King Shark was until uh, the Flash, right? And right, then right. I was like, oh, I kind of like King Shark. Yep. Um, but then Rooker was like, no, it's not happening, or and he just he's just kind of denying it. I don't know. I, I, I don't doubt that he's in the movie in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know uh, if it's for that. But uh, I would have been on board for. <laughs> I would have been on board with that. Yeah, I think that would have been cool. I mean. Um... I think it would have been mostly just like voice or maybe some mocap kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that would have been cool. I wanted a full prosthetic. <laughs> I wanted Rucker yes. in, 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 uh, in, in a full on uh, uh, animatronic shark head. Now that would be great. <laughs> that would have been cool. Um, so yeah. Once again, like I, he's, he's denying it. So, you know, maybe not, but uh, I don't know. I want your thoughts on that briefly. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. I'm I'm st- still on the fence about the whole James Gunn Suicide Squad too. I, I I think it's because I don't quite understand whether this is connected to what has come before it or is. if this is a complete and total <clears throat> reboot. There, there was or, other stuff in that article talking about who would be like um like Will Smith's not coming back, but I think Idris Elba. They're talking to him about being Deadshot. Um, there was something about um, that got debunked too. He, that he's not going to be Deadshot. Oh, um, he'll be playing a different character, leaving room open for Will Smith in the future. Wow, they're just jumping through hoops to get that guy back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there was some talk of of, of Margaret Robbie still coming back. Is that true? Is that false yeah. too? <laughs> Uh, eh, I guess prop, maybe it depends on how Birds of Prey does. I yeah. don't know. All right. Well, anyway, there was there was a few. It, it was enough people from the previous one to where like Jai Courtney, I think, is definitely coming back because he has nothing yeah. else going on. Right. Um, so there was that element too, and then they were talking about um, oh, a couple other people. Who am I thinking of? Um, oh, whatever the guy was who played Rick Flag. Um. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, or Randall. Fl- yeah, yeah. Wait, Rick Flag. Is it Rick yeah, Flag? Yeah, you're right. You're Randall right, Flag's yeah. the dark man from uh, the, the stand. Yes, okay. yes. All right, cool. Just want to straighten that out. Um, what I should have been talking about before that story, Dustin, mm. good Lord, to get on the, the, the housekeeping done out front here, is uh, <laughs> um, Adam, actually. Adam Tickets, mm. which is, uh, yes. again, I don't know whether to call this a sponsorship or a pseudo-promotion, but uh, mm-hmm. screw it. Um, Adam-tickets.pxf.io slash Hooper. I will put that in the chat right now because I'm not going to repeat it except for one more time at the end of this, um, pseudo promotion. If mm-hmm. the paste will work, there it is. Um, 
So if people don't know what Adam is, uh, it's a is an app to get um, to buy movie tickets, and uh, it's a pretty cool one that Dustin uses um, personally. Yeah. Um, It is the only movie ticketing app and website that gives you a VIP experience from start to finish. You can buy movie tickets online or with the app, invite friends, and skip the lines at the movie theater with your digital ticket. Plus, you can join the Adam's Rewards. Adam Rewards, not Adam. (laughs) Some guy Mm -hmm. named Adam. (laughs) Adam's Rewards. (laughs) Adam Rewards loyalty program for the latest movie discounts and exclusive deals. Uh, So like I said, you buy the tickets in advance. Avoid uh, sold-out shows. You can pre-order concessions, which is pretty awesome. Um, Yeah. In select theaters only, and you can skip the lines, uh, just scan the ticket and go, which is super duper convenient because sometimes only fancy like reserved seat theaters do that, but this will do it like at an AMC or something. Um, yep. So that's pretty cool. It's saying that my little link is forbidden, but it's not. Just click it. Trust me. Trust me, everyone. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's Adam Tickets, adam-tickets.pxf.io slash Hooper. You can get $5 off your first movie ticket if you use that link. And you'll come back because you're going to love it. I use it every time. Yes. Um, okay. So let's, this is just one of those nights where I'm just not, not, uh, I'm not in, in the groove, man. I'm not in the groove. It's all good. But do you know what else uh, might not be in the groove, but that I want to sort of have a brief discussion about being in the groove? Sure. Um, there, another rumor. I'm just, I'm just, okay. uh, I'm just, we're just the, you're a rumor mill. We're just the gossip column tonight. Um, <laughs> The speaking of John Wick three, the director. Now it says he hints at it, um, mm-hmm. but it was more like he said something that's being sort of taken maybe out of context or um, enough to where people are. I'm not trying to report this as it was said. I'm reporting this as a what if. Okay. Okay. So I don't think he hinted at it. This article's on the verge. You can go read it if you want. I don't think he hinted at this, but. The hint, quote unquote, is that the Wachowskis are working on another Matrix film. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I don't know if it's, you know, uh, I don't know if if it's happening or not or if he hinted at it or if he didn't. Whatever. I don't care. I Mm want to talk about what if they are. Okay. Um, You know, I I think we're really I mean, you were watching a trailer before we went on the air that was uh, for the the Maleficent sequel, which I didn't even Mm -hmm. know was happening. Yep, yep. Um, that's going to be out in like October. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that. Yeah. Um, now I'll say this, like of, of the Disney remakes and stuff, Maleficent was was not among the horrible ones. Sure. Because um, at least it was different. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a straight up remake of Sleeping Beauty. something. It was, it was from a different perspective. Right. Um, so that's fine. The sequel, eh, maybe, I don't know. Um with the Matrix, that's one of those properties I don't mind as much being remade. Not because and I don't want to see like the Nebuchadnezzar, I don't want to see Neo or Morpheus or Trinity. Um, but what I am open to seeing because there was um, there used there was like a I don't know I guess it was just on the on a DVD a straight to DVD collection, but there was like the Animatrix. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Which yep. was just like a, a you know a few like you know animated CG animated three uh, D animated stories from other human crews within the matrix. Mm -hmm. So I think that one of the things that's cool about that universe is that you could, there's, there's a million reasons why you could justify rebooting it or telling another story because if there's a whole, if the whole world is inside a machine, inside a computer, then there's billions of people in the world. You could do billions of stories. You know, it's, it's potentially endless. Um, Mm -hmm. and the physics are really cool in it. And, um, there's, I think there's a lot to play with there. Um, you mm-hmm. can't really, I don't, I'm, you know, you can't do the arc with the one anymore. Um, sure. But you could do, for lack of a way better um, analogy, you could do so and so, a Matrix story, um, right, where it's right, within right. that universe. Um, and another thing you can do is, if you really wanted to do another story about the one, which you shouldn't, please don't, please don't, Warner mm-hmm. Brothers. Mm-hmm. But the universe resets like the, they do that experiment over and over again, the matrix. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like the ninth or so iteration of, of this story happening. Mm-hmm. Neo is like the ninth or 10th person to, to be the one. Mm-hmm. So you could do that again. I would watch it. I mm-hmm. don't know how good it would be, but I genuinely think it's a toss up. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Um, 
I think that The Matrix is a franchise that's really strange. Um, it's not unlike the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise in that it had a really good first film, uh, a divisive second film, and a movie, a third film that's mostly panned. Mm. Um, and then, and then, of course, Pirates of the Caribbean kept going. So, and we know how that kind of ended up is like. It, it just kind of nobody talks about it anymore. Like they still make them and I guess people still go see them, but it's not really like no one really cares that much. Um, and, and I feel like the matrix would follow the same sort of trajectory where it's been so long since the matrix revolutions that, I mean, personally, I don't really remember how it ends. Like I kind of do, but it's so vague and I've only seen it the once. Um, I, and I, I remember I liked the franchise as a whole, um, but I, I would agree with you that they shouldn't redo the one and they shouldn't reboot, um, but maybe just tell an offshoot story um, set elsewhere. Um, I think the great thing about that is you can keep certain elements like Hugo Weaving um, as an antagonist and and you can you can keep certain things like that. But I think that sorry to say uh like keanu reeves while he's great and you know forging ahead with john wick and some bill and ted stuff um is is mostly a a a relic kind of actor um and then and then all the other actors that were involved except for maybe lawrence fishburne um kind of the same way like carrie ann moss joe pantaleano you don't really hear much about them anymore um and so i think that the i think that it's a risk from a from a studio perspective because unless you get keanu reeves and bank on the success of john wick you're not really going to make a lot of money with this thing um and and as we just talked about, John Wick isn't a huge moneymaker itself, so it pays to keep the budget as low as possible. Um, and and so I just think that it's it's too big of a risk, um, and, and it may happen, and that's fine. If it does, it'll only be because of the power of the Wachowskis. Mm. Um, and and if it doesn't happen, I would assume it's probably because it would cost too much for an undisclosed, like an, an, an unsure amount of money on the return um and so that's just the business standpoint for me story-wise you can do an offshoot but i think i think the universe has been mined to the point of yeah i think i'm done um had the third film been better maybe i'd be more interested but i as it is i'm not um so you know i feel like when when the matrix originally came out it scratched a lot of itches for good science fiction and honestly for like a superhero story and i think that there's so much out there now that scratches both of those itches that there's no there's no reason for the matrix to exist Mm. um and that and the fact that it's set inside of a computer program i think kind of dates it um because i think we're we're to a point with you know computers that uh, our understanding of them has just it's it's a little different now Mm. and so i think that it's a concept that's outdated and and in the world is not necessarily interested in what the matrix offers because except for blending superhero sci-fi and kung fu there's not really it doesn't really do anything special um, so, so that, I think that's where I stand with it. I, I wouldn't be against it, but I also wouldn't be, I, I probably wouldn't see it opening weekend. Yeah, I wouldn't see it opening weekend. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely wouldn't base it on the original crew. I think they're all too old. And like you said, they're not going to bring people to the, to the theater. Um, mm. and I, I don't want to see the Neo story continued or brought back yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I feel like if they, 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 you could, you could, that, I feel like that's one of those properties you could really, I don't know, if I'm a studio executive, I'm thinking you could fill that with, with new, with new blood and with some veteran actors. 
sure. um, both. And so you can, you sure. can pull people in with, um, you know, with, I don't know, like Al Pacino or something as like some, sure. some ship's captain, um, or one of the, one of the, the hedonistic programs. Um, mm. but then, you know, the, the star is, I don't know, Kellen Lutz or somebody like, you know, <laughs> somebody who's, who's relatively, you know, sure. uh, not known and make sure. a star out of them. Um, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised, obviously. I mean, t- again, this, this could be nothing. This could just, just been, you know, whoever it was, the verge, like, you know, just mm-hmm. digging for scraps, but I don't know. It's one of those things that I, that's one of those properties I haven't really thought about, um, in large part in terms of future potential. Um, yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's interesting to see what comes of it. If 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 it happens, you know, great. And if it doesn't happen, then that's fine. I think the series can rest. Yeah, yeah, it can. All depends on what the Wachowskis want to do. Do they write those too? I think I think so. At wow. least the first one. Yeah. Sure. Good for them. Yeah. Um. Okay. How are we doing on? T- Okay, um, I've got a couple of stories I need to save for after the jump, and they're mostly just references. Um, I do have one more thing I wanted to briefly chat out with you, Dustin, and then we'll uh, sure. we'll head to the break, and we'll we'll do the rest of this stuff for the podcast audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't read The Hill often. Okay. Um, it popped up in my film news aggregator uh, this morning. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, okay, what's this? Um. And the, the article is called, Will Political Correctness Kill Classic Movies? Mm. And the picture, you know, is, you know, is a picture of John Wayne. Um, yeah. And it's essentially talking about, you know, as the title suggests, how, you know, a broader, a broader commentary on how we're, what's, what seems to be in vogue right now in 2019 mm. is, is anything that is, um, any any um attitude or or film or event that 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 through the eyes of 2019 is is unacceptable must be destroyed or censored or it must go away mm-hmm. um and the idea of um without context just sort of erasing classic uh cinema mm-hmm. um like whether it's people smoking or like an interview, some, let's see, uh, what does it say? Uh, you, um, the article says, uh, ask the estate of John Wayne, the legendary star got pummeled a few months ago, decades after his passing for a racially insensitive playboy interview in 1971. Some critics demanded that his name be stripped from John Wayne airport in orange County, California. Um, there's a bunch of other examples. Uh, Molly Ringwald, apparently turning on John Hughes saying like he, he's, his films aren't woke enough for the Me Too mm-hmm. era. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Blazing the fact that a movie like Blazing Saddles could never be made these days. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, you know, they bring up James Bond. Um, and what was the most recent thing? Uh, oh, the, oh, um, Disney talking about how Song of the South is not going to be on Disney Plus. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Bounce TV is not running; is no longer running reruns of the Cosby Show. Um, and then there's this movie, uh, and then after Louis C.K.'s um, problems, how his 2017 film, I Love You, Daddy, never even hit theaters following that mm-hmm. whole thing. And this says, more than a year later, the film can't be found on home video or streaming outlets, despite rave reviews from its festival run. The film's star, Chloe Grace Moretz, even argued against the film's release, and she said, I think it should just kind of go away. Hmm. Um, and they say they, they, they go out of their way to call her a millennial actress and they say her age matters because her peers represent a potent part of the PC movement. Uh, just ask any conservative speaker chased off campus by students frightened by unfamiliar viewpoints. Um, I, th- I did think it was interesting that they pointed this out. This, <laughs> this little paragraph, Woody Allen's historic film career may be over and not because of his age or health woes. Allegations of child abuse against his daughter, Dylan Farrow were never proved while never proven finally caught up with the Annie Hall superstar. Amazon refused to release his latest work, a rainy day in New York, citing his me too statement in court, which I don't know what that statement is, but I've, that's just, it's funny that we're finally recognizing that people like Woody Allen are super creepy. <laughs> um, right. And I still haven't seen any article condemning, um, uh, what's his name? Roman Polanski. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. But essentially the idea of, but, but what Roman Polanski did, allegedly, um, mm-hmm. that he fled for and won't come back to the U.S. for, um, what he did has nothing to do with, like, the times being different or it, mm-hmm. like, it, oh, this, this used to be okay, now it's not. It's like, oh, I was never okay. Maybe you can say about all these things. My point is, there's a big thing right now of where we're, we're sort of erasing in the, in more along the John Wayne route pieces of history mm-hmm. and i think that the article i mean the article is you know itself isn't anything to write home about but i'll at least lead off and saying i'm sure you agree with this i want people to understand if you're listening and maybe you you know you're on board with this or not but if you've ever taken like a history of film class i mean or any class about any i mean history period but let's just talk about film you have to view these things within the context of, of history and the time they're produced. And if you disapprove of something, you sh- it's not, it shouldn't really be about making the thing go away. It should be more about, well, let's watch blazing saddles and let's enjoy it and laugh at the jokes if, that we think are funny, whatever. And then afterwards we'll have a conversation about now this film came out in 1960, whatever, like, you know, and, um, was pretty controversial at the time. Uh, do you think it could be made today? Let's discuss. And what does that mean? And all that stuff. Like to me, these films present an opportunity for us to actually like have a discussion about something. Um, and I think that this whole thing of like, with like the Chloe Moretz were saying, it just needs to go away. Hmm. That's not as much about preserving history as it is just making art go away, which it, it mentions the film was, was positively reviewed. Hmm. I don't really know what to think in Louis C.K.'s situation. Like, if we want to see his film, I'm saying, though, that I want to see good films. <laughs> sure, um, sure. Um, it's hard, well, for, me it to, it's hard to for me to say I want to see I Love You, Daddy, but I don't want to see a film by Roman Polanski, maybe because it's <laughs> right. not it's fresher, I don't know. But um, sure. you, know, you, you see what I'm getting at? I'm kind of jumbling my, my points a little well, bit. Well, no, I think, I think that there's two separate things being discussed here that are being conflated. The first is uh, political correctness, right? Where John Wayne says something insensitive decades ago, mm-hmm. and now we, now it's we okay. retroactively try to erase him or his legacy or whatever the case may be. Right. The other um, would be uh, removing the art of a known, you know, criminal or uh, just moral reprehensible person right so so if we're talking about bill cosby or louis ck um you know bill cosby is a convicted criminal um and so should his art remain on television or not um and and that's a that's a broader discussion to be had i believe that it comes down to the individual's own tolerance for that um you know my my knee-jerk reaction when things like that happen even even something like um bill cosby uh his cosby show or or even roseanne right do we do we even though those shows are so tied to one specific person are we ready to discount the hard work of dozens hundreds of other people just because of one person's you know failures um and 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 i'm not quite there right so like when it when it comes to the cosby show you know do i look at it and say look well you know felicia rashad put her heart heart and soul into that Mm -hmm. um am i am i willing to say we don't need to view what she worked so hard on for years because somebody else did something wrong. Right. And I don't know that I can quite get there. Um, so, so this is, but this is all I think handled on an individual basis. I think then to say like, okay, we as a, you know, culture need to destroy these things, I think is taking the onus off the, the individual to decide. And I think that that is the individual's right to decide whether or not they will continue patronizing someone like Louis CK or whether they want to cut ties with him. And I think a lot of that will depend on your own personal connection to him. Um, you know, the same way that if somebody that you, like know as a work acquaintance does something morally reprehensible, um, you're going to be really uncomfortable around that person and choose to not be around that person. And then if like your cousin does it, does the same thing, like, well, uh, I'll still hang out because it's your cousin. 
right? Like, like there's a level of personal, and I, you know, maybe this is uh, beside the point, but but I think that that when it comes to something like Bill Cosby or Louis C.K., it's up to the individual to decide. That's that's my point. Um, when it comes to something like you know, this is the age old debate with Mark Twain's work. Um, this is you know happening in in the original uh, Disney's Dumbo, right? It's editing out things that are, are insensitive or it's the Warner Brothers cartoons, the Looney Tunes that have, you know, uh, honestly really awful, stereotypical, racist depictions of, you know, other people. You know, I, what do we want to do with that kind of thing? My gut is, again, it's up to the individual. Um, the... I I personally would never hold Warner Brothers like let's say Warner Brothers puts out a new box set for the Looney Tunes and it includes these these old cartoons that are insensitive. I wouldn't hold Warner Brothers now responsible for those cartoons even though they're putting them out now. I don't hold them responsible for that. They're simply saying this is a part of our our you know, culture, or, or this is a part of uh, our history, rather, yeah. and and we're going to not sweep it under the rug. We're, ju- we're just going to put it out. And, and I believe there was a few years ago um, they put out some of these older cartoons that were insensitive, and they and they put a disclaimer up front that said um, these cartoons are presented in their original form, unaltered, unedited. Um, they are a product of their time, and they do not reflect the current um attitudes yeah attitudes and you know code of conduct and policies in place at warner brothers pictures and that's the beautiful way to handle it because what you're saying is we don't agree with it but it's history right there are there are a lot of people that worked really hard on this granted it's insensitive granted maybe it's racist but i think that it's important to 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 show um, and again, maybe this is another conversation for like the Hoopercast history podcast, but, <laughs> but I feel, I feel like, um, if we, if we pretend it doesn't happen it, or sorry, if we pretend that it never happened yeah. and kids today grow up thinking it never happened because they never saw it, then, then I think we can all agree that that's, you know, a huge tragedy that, that kids are not. They don't, they don't have the framework for how bad it was. They don't have the framework for how, how awful we treated people that were different from us and 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 if they can see it and see that message up front this is not okay but here it is then we say oh that's what's not okay right right and and then you're able to move forward and say well i won't do that because that's not okay and i don't for a second believe that just seeing it makes me say oh i i'm gonna go replicate that well Um, i I think that I think that the hardest part, one of the hardest things about life is, is, um, trying to wade through it and, um, Mm. without any sort of, uh, real true North of what's, what's, what, what can, what can we all call good? What can we all call bad? And so the only, you know, there is no, you know, indisputable like Bible in, in movies, Mm. you know, and, um, it's one of those things where all you can really do is gather as much information as you possibly can and provide yourself the best context that you can to the look back then, you know, through the lens of history. And, you know, it's almost like if you're going to censor some things out of the, out of film history, you're, you're not giving, you're not providing accurate context. So you really can't, you don't have all the information. So you, you right. can't really make it the best decisions possible going forward. Right. Well, that article uh, the old the adage of, you know, you, you those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it, I think applies to those who are just ignorant of history. Um, if you don't know history, you're, you're going to repeat it. We're going to go to, to break. Um, don't forget anything. When we come back, obviously, we're going to talk about um, our decisions this week. I want to talk a couple of spoiler news items, more like references. That's really just for you and me, Dustin. Uh, and this day in film history, uh, all of those things and possibly more. Uh, on the Hoopercast movie. Oh, there goes the music. God, I suck.
Welcome back, Hoopercast Movie Hour. Thanks for uh, listening. Because if you're listening, that means you're on the podcast. Good job. Good for you. Oh, good for you. Oh, good for you. Oh, good for you. Oh, good for you. Um, speaking of good for you, I want to talk about uh, <laughs> this day in film history. Yeah. Uh, I thought this would be an interesting little concept and uh, something that we could talk briefly about or um, expound upon, depending on what the item, of course, is. Uh, today is May 13th, uh, and this day in film history, I thought you'd like this, Dustin, 1970. Mm. Do you know what happened? I don't. The Beatles movie Let It Be premieres. Hey! 1970! Yay! Yeah! Um, not much else really going on. <laughs> on right, uh, right, right. Of, of note, at least. Uh, yeah, the Allergies show won Best Comedy in 2001 uh, mm. for the British Academy Television Awards. But other than that, just... Uh, bunch of other stuff that I don't care about. Sure. Uh, but yeah, let it be. Sweet. 1970. Let it be. Crazy. Uh, a couple of other, other articles I want to throw people towards. Um, there's um, a, there's one that's a, a, not a long read, but more than I can summarize here on io9. Um, essentially about all the work that ILM did to get uh, the Professor Hulk uh, effects um, as good as they were in Avengers mm. Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really interesting article about how like they didn't know that they could even do it, and before the before like the Russos and the writers wanted to attempt it, um, I, they you know ILM was, ILM used this um, used the facial mapping technology on some footage from Mark Ruffalo and Spotlight, mm. and so they actually like mapped and like you know did the animation and everything for Professor Hulk, and then they showed it to the Russos <laughs> like this scene oh. is this this like take from Spotlight, but it's just you know it's green Professor Hulk, and they were like. Oh my God, it works. Oh, uh, so that's like, it's just, it's an interesting little, um, little article. So it's called how ILM achieved one of the biggest, literally surprises in Avengers Endgame. Uh, and so that's just an interesting little article. If you're a, if you're a, you know, visual effects junkie, or if you just like the process, it's a fun little read. Um, mm. especially if you like it, the Avengers, yeah. um, let's talk about Wakefield suburban life. So much is the same. Week after week. Who hasn't had the impulse to put their life on hold for a moment? Just vanish completely. My wife's first call would be to my office. No, he hasn't come in. No, he didn't say anything. Car's still there. The plot thickens. How far am I willing to let this go? I saw Wakefield months ago. Yeah. Um, uh, cause we both had seen the trailer and this yeah. is apparently a 2016 movie. And yeah. I remember when the trailer came out, we were both like, Whoa, that looks cool. Yeah, um, yeah. but we didn't get around to seeing it for a while. <laughs> right. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, uh, this is directed and written, uh, by Robin Swickard, Swickard, mm-hmm. Swickard, mm-hmm. uh, who also wrote the curious case of Benjamin Button. Um, Yep. Starring Brian Cranston, Jennifer Gardner, uh, Beverly. Oh yeah, that's right, Beverly D'Angelo. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's about a guy who's a, a a lawyer in New York City, and one day he just decides, um, I'm gonna. I wouldn't go as far as go. It's not as organized as fake my death or fake my disappearance, but mm. I'm just gonna instead of going home, I'm gonna go up into the attic above my garage, and I'm just gonna watch everyone as they. Uh, start to wonder where I am. Yep. And, uh, he takes this idea very far. Um, yeah. and it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really interesting premise. They do a lot of, you know, groundwork to make it believable that he would do that. Um, that he would live and just watch his family kind of live without him. Yeah. Um, because it takes a lot of groundwork to to get inside the head of a man who would do something like that. No kidding. Um, and uh, and yeah, but they 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 do a really good job setting that up and making that a a 
you know, sellable thing. Um, because I thought, I mean, I thought going in, it's like, yeah, the movie looks great, but I think I'm just going to have to go with the premise. Like, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be able to buy that he would do it, but I totally did. So, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. Um, a lot of really great act one, you know, foundation laying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always, you know, I, I like speculative fiction, but I also yeah. like movies where we take a very simple idea. And I mean, because this seems like the kind of story... That I, that I would attempt to write, which is just, mm. oh, oh, what if, you know, what if he just, yeah, yeah. what if I just didn't come home? Yep. And I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know how many people out there have thought this, how many, how many disillusioned husbands like him have wondered this or um, mm-hmm. actually done this um, or, uh, or how many <laughs> people just have, have wondered the what if, like, like, you know, you're, you're sitting there, you're talking to like, you know, some dude in line at the movie and it's like, I wonder what would happen if I just punched him in the face right now. Right. What would happen? Would he hit me yeah, back? Yeah. Would I get arrested? Would he do nothing? Or like, yep. you know, wait, what if I don't come home? What if I, what if I rammed my car into this pole? It's just like those weird little impulses that, that human yep. being that occur to people, but you don't, you know, you don't act on. Um, right. But I, I, but I, I know, you know what I'm talking about. Cause I, I feel like we've all had those, at least mm-hmm. th- th- that was how, that was my emotional way into this film was, yeah. was just having some crazy idea and just, it happened to be a day where I go, yeah, I think I'll explore uh, what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank God for Brian Cranston and I can just watch him do it. And so I never have right, to right, put exactly. my family through what he does in this, right. in this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised. Um, I don't know. There was a part of me that sort of, I mean, and like I said, this is based on a short story. Yeah. Um, I guess I was surprised in the film how, um, I mean, there's a lot told over a voiceover, uh, yeah. which has to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't no, have anybody to talk to. He doesn't to. have like a Wilson or somebody up there to like to speak to. Um, right. You know, there's a couple, there's like some neighbors and stuff who find out he's in there, but they somehow agree not to tell anybody that they've seen right, right, Mr. Right. Wakefield. Um, right. And uh, I, um, I really enjoyed the movie. It, it's it's not like a mind blowing film or anything, but um, it's it's just so it's just it's just interesting. It's it's interesting. I don't know how else to yeah. say it. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think it's super interesting to watch this unfold because it's one of those movies where you can sit all day and kind of think like, all right, how is this going to end? Let me see if I can predict it. Um, but it's one of those that just kind of unfolds slow enough that you're interested the whole time, you're invested the whole time, so you're not really thinking actively about uh, what's going to happen. But at the same time, even if you were, I think that the film does a good job of kind of keeping you on your toes um, and and flipping the script every once in a while. So so it is is super interesting and and investing. Um, I, I would say, you know, if I were recommending this to other people to watch, which is on Netflix, um, I would recommend that if you are the type of person that demands uh, everything be uh, spelled out in terms of conclusions, mm-hmm. um, this may not be the movie for you. Um while I think you'll be satisfied on most fronts, you won't be satisfied on all fronts. And so that will, I think, kind of nag at you a little bit. And and I fell a little bit into that camp, but it, it wasn't enough to break it for me because I think what, what you were saying, Hooper, is um, it's just so interesting to watch it unfold that the, 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 the actual fun of it is in the journey, not in the destination. It, um, it is. Yeah. It's, it's about, it's, it's, it's not so much about like what happens to this guy when he finally decides, like wh- when he gets caught or when he decides to go home, it's, it's about, well, what is it that's driving this guy to even justify doing this in the first place? And why does he keep it going? Um, right. You know, and part of me thought like, oh, what would I do to improve this? What would I do to change this? It's like, well, maybe I'd have him have like a bigger reason to, to not come home. Like after a while, he has to realize he needs to come home, but then he needs to have like a huge reason like, uh, mm. oh, maybe he's like suspected of a crime or something. And so he shouldn't be found. But then that sort of takes away from him choosing or, or him put the, this push pull of I want to come home, but like now do I deserve to come home? And they really sure. like... D- they do a good job of like, of taking him through like this idea of like, 
yeah, I'm just, I just want to leave it all behind. And then, oh, I missed sure. this. And, oh, but they'll never accept me now. Look what I've done to them. And, and uh, you know, the character having an, the awareness that he didn't have at the beginning of the film of how damaging this actually is um, yeah. to his family. And now it's too late, you know. Like, y- you realize how loved you are and how important you are. But will they take you back? Because look what you did. Right. No, and and I think it's interesting because he does grow in that aspect. But really, I don't feel like he has much of an arc in the film. Um, and and normally, I would. I mean, you and I have done this two hundred and two times now. So 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 anybody who has listened knows that that we both really love a good solid arc. Yeah. Um, but I, but I wasn't super distracted by the fact that there wasn't much of an arc for him. In fact, um, towards the end of the film, what sort of his last big push at the end of the film is is a push that we see him having in flashback years and years and years and years and years ago. Mm. It's that same push. So so this character hasn't really changed. Um, the character hasn't really risen above where he was emotionally or mentally throughout the course of this. He has learned some things, sure. But I think deep down, what's interesting and intriguing here is that he's still the same person. He, he He's learned he shouldn't do this again, but, you know. Right. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but those but other things, no, th- you know. <laughs> yep. There's no indication that after having gone through this, he will now treat his family better. Right. In, in fact, it's just going to play out the same way. Yeah. Um, so now they so know I where think, to look. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and and he knows, and he knows that like, hey, I could do it again if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, like I, I could at any point decide to be selfish again. Yeah. And, and I think that there's no reason to think he won't do that at some point and not to say he'll do this exact same thing, but I think that, you know, the selfishness is there and it's just always going to be. That's why for me, this movie is less a, a story about a char- about character growth and more about a thought experiment. You know, yes. this yeah. is one of those where the, 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 the star of this movie is like, is this fun little premise, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, but it doesn't. It. I don't know if if it oversells itself or if anything, sure. anything else. But you know, any any time you can enrich character growth into your film, that's going to make it better. Agreed. I, I and and trying to figure out what I would do differently and how I would improve this. There, there's a moment early on um, in the first act where I, I thought it was going to go one way and it didn't, and mm-hmm. I kind of wish it did. So that's not default the film at all. Like I'm not going to fault the film because it went in a different way than. I would have gone, but I think had I been writing this, this is where I would have taken it. Um, in, in the very beginning, when you see him up in the in the garage and he's watching his family, he's kind of voicing his family, yeah. um, like he's giving them lines of dialogue that he believes they're saying. Yeah. And I thought the whole thing would have been an interesting sort of metaphor for. Um, assuming what your spouse is thinking oh, and, yeah. and and thinking that you know them better than than they know themselves right. when in fact you don't know anything and so i thought the twist like like there would be this whole thing and the twist at the end would be that he had built this entire thing like oh they're going to be mad and then they're going to be sad and then now they're thinking like oh well i don't want him back now i'm going to get with you know another guy or or whatever and he had built this whole thing up and then he'd get out and and you know reveal himself and this entire movie that we've seen has been something different. Yeah. Right? Like like everything we had seen would have been just his paranoid yeah. uh like like idea of this is what my wife must be thinking. Right. And in fact he doesn't know his wife at all. Right. Um and 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 you know, there's that there's this She's thing. like a big slut and she's gonna move on. And it's like, no, what's his face well, is a private investigator and we were looking right. for you, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like that, where yeah. where he would he would give her dialogue through the film. Yep. And we would be led to believe that what he's thinking is true. Yeah. Only to then flip the script and say, oh, wait, he was wrong the whole time and they were thinking something completely different and he doesn't know them at all. Right. He's just assuming. And what a great metaphor that is for like communication with your spouse is that you you can't just assume what your spouse is going to say and therefore not talk to them. 
you you have to speak and give them an opportunity to communicate with you. You can't just say like, hey, uh, you know, I got offered an opportunity at work and I would talk to you about it, but I know what you're already think I know what you'll say about it. So I'm not even going to mention it to you. Right. Like, like, and that's an easy trap to fall into in all your relationships Right, is to just assume that this person with whom you're in a relationship will respond in a way. And then it's not that way at all. And so I think that's where I would have gone with it. Again, I'm not going to fault the film for that, but, but I think that's a really interesting angle to, to have this whole thing be, you know, a fake, uh, uh, just a big fake out really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Wakefield is an interesting film. It's definitely worth seeing. Uh, you said it's on Netflix? It is on Netflix, yes. Netflix. Okay, go check it out. Um, yeah, starring Brian Cranston, who's, of course, good in the film. Correct. Um, okay. Oh, did we give a star rating? Oh, I don't we did think not. I gave a star no. Uh, I, I, I would give it maybe like a three and a half. Maybe three and a half. Yeah, I was going to say three and a half. Not, not totally a four. There's nothing like technically impressive about it to me. Right, um, right. And as we mentioned, emotionally lacking. But it's, yeah. it's, it's not simply a three. It's not just fine. It's like, oh, this is interesting. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, I'm going to bring it on home. With this story. <laughs> um, okay, this is on wegotthiscovered.com. Uh, this, I don't know how, whatever. <sighs> Avengers Endgame writers confirm that Captain America is the father of Peggy's children. Hmm. Um, this was an interesting article, but it's also interesting that uh, the, the counterpoints to it. Mm-hmm. This article is all about how the writers, uh, the Marcus McFeely are someone called it they're doing the JK Rowling thing yeah, yeah. with the end game where they're they're over explaining plot points or backstory to mm-hmm. plot points and it's kind of muddling the plot a little bit mm-hmm. um <clears throat> which is interesting coming from two people that I would otherwise consider really really brilliant people mm-hmm. um so a lot of people people have been talking about Captain America's ending in Avengers Endgame um and uh, and the disputes about whether or not, like, oh, is he from, like, an alternate timeline? Is he from, like, the original timeline? But that would contradict the internal, you know, whatever's of the movie. Mm-hmm. So th- for a while, like, it seemed like they were saying, um, yeah, like, he lived a whole life, like, while there was another, you know, within the timeline. And then they're like, no, but it, that's – no, sorry. That's not what happened. It's he's – he's been in an alternate timeline. He jumped back to theirs. So he could give Sam the shield um, and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, which to me brings up another paradox of if that's true, then where did he get the shield? Because now isn't the Captain America in his timeline without the shield? Um, mm-hmm. And wouldn't that create um, some paradox? And so didn't he screw something up there? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so this article that Marcus McFeely said, uh, quote, it's always our, it was always our intention that he was the father of those two children, um, but again, there are time travel loopholes for that. And it does introduce the idea that there are two children who have somewhat super soldier DNA. Um, I don't like that explanation because mm-hmm. it, 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 dis- it, it, uh, and I'm sure you don't either because it, it, it disobeys the rules, the movie set up. Yep. Um, uh, and someone on Reddit agrees, um, I agree with what this person said. I don't know. I just wanted to visit this point with you. This person said that breaks the time travel rules established in the movie. And the director has already said, Steve lived his life with Peggy in an alternative, in an alternate timeline and then jumped back to the original timeline as an old man. The director has overruled the writers in my opinion. And since the writer's statements don't line up with the film, I'm disregarding them. Plus that would mean Steve unknowingly kissed one of his relatives during civil war. Not a fan of that at all. I'll stick with the director's statements instead. It fits the rules and it makes perfect sense. And some other person said, um, well, the directors say he went to a new timeline with an alternate Peggy. The writers suggest he stayed in the current timeline with the original Peggy. That's a contradiction. So both can't be true. So I've just decided to agree with the directors because that fits with the explanations that Bruce and the ancient one give in the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. It's interesting that there's this split between the writers and the directors who are, we know are very much like in sync and, and, you know, simpatico with each other. So it's sort of strange to me that Marcus McFeely had been going on the, on this, like, you know, this explanation tour and that they would bungle that answer so much because I agree the directors overrule the writers because they're the ones who are crafting the actual narrative. Um, 
mm-hmm. you know, when it's all said and done. So yep. maybe in an original draft, they were like, hey, it's going to be the same timeline. And maybe the Russos said, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And just never told them that that was a dumb idea and they're just going to fix it later mm-hmm. in post. Mm-hmm. I sure. don't know. Um, I, I kind of don't like that there's this unsettled um, opinion of what happened. But to me, it's so clear that it's alternate because of what yeah. they established. Yeah. He, it couldn't yeah. have been his kids back there. No, correct. They, the time travel, as explained in the film, does not work that way. So, so th- those are definitely not his his kids. And and my biggest thing about it is, yeah, the, you don't want to Star Wars this thing and have him kissing his relatives. So, <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. Let's just say no to that. And now, was there an alternate timeline that that he lived in and then jumps back? Yes. Although I can see the question mark there is, well, how did he jump timelines? Um, right. is that not a story that deserves to be told? Um, and then the question with the shield. Okay. So if he's in an alternate timeline and wit and he enters that timeline after the original Steve Rogers goes to, uh, you know, crashes into the ice, then does he then end up with Peggy in this alternate timeline, build a shield just so he can take it to Sam? Or does he go and find this Captain America take the shield from that Captain America. Right. And then, you know, you know, so, so there's like a bunch of questions still in there too. Um, but at least those questions don't give me the heebie jeebies like the other does. Right. Um, with the other, it's like, Oh, okay. Well you, you know, your relatives are kissing you and stuff. And, and, <laughs> and like the weird thing about that is like, you could say all you want. Well, Oh, but Steve doesn't know yet. Yeah. But she should yeah. like, like, yeah, but <laughs> she should know. Right, like, like, like. There's no, no getting she around that. Like, look at him. Yeah, like that's, it's really strange, and I ain't about that. that so that's America's um, ass. Right, right, and that's and my, then, my great uncle's ass. <laughs> and then the question is like, like, okay, so, uh, all right, so I understand that there's a, a funeral for Peggy. Right. Was Steve Rogers, was old Steve Rogers at that funeral with all the other Avengers? Right. Or did he just skip out on his wife's funeral? Right. Or did he have his own secret funeral for her later? And the whole thing just doesn't seem to work. So, so it has to be an alternate timeline in which he lives with Peggy, does life with her. They have kids, they do their thing. And maybe, maybe this is the way of like the universe always kind of correcting things, right? Where in every timeline, she's going to have two kids, right? Their father is always going to be different. Right. Um, or not always, but at least, you know, in the, in this instance, the, the father is, is two different people. Right. Um, in the original, it's an unnamed man. And in the new timeline, it's Steve. And, you know, there you go. That's, that's all we need to know about it. Um, yeah. For, and, and forget the time travel aspects of it. I don't like the writer's explanation because that makes Steve Rogers seem like a selfish jerk. But he's like, yeah. I'm going to go back in time. And now I'm her husband. And those right. kids that existed, now they're my kids. It's, you know, and instead <laughs> right. he would choose a timeline where it's like, Hey, I'm going to go somewhere where this stuff hasn't even happened yet because this timeline doesn't exist until I go back in there and live in it. So he yeah, knows at yeah. least that everything that happens in that timeline is new and is happening now. It's not like yeah. there was already an alternate timeline where the exact same events happened, except that Steve Rogers is left-handed and he goes back in and screws up Peggy's husband's life by taking his wife from him before the fact right. again, it's like, no, he would, he would choose the path of here's what I want but here's the only way I can have what I want without taking it away from somebody else. Right. And which is like why think, that works. Right. I like to think that Steve Rogers uh, goes back in time to like one day after the super soldier serum uh, took effect. Yeah. He finds himself or sorry. Yeah. And he finds himself uh, and then, and then like, I don't know, knocks himself out. And so throughout the entire life he lives with Peggy, there's just another Steve Rogers in a closet somewhere. Like, like going, <laughs> and then eventually like Steve just comes in there and goes, you shut up, you, that's, you shut up. That's this the, is a new timeline. This is thing. not your timeline anymore. What did he do? Like, did he, did he go, when do you think he went back? Like, do you think like after he went in the ice, like he like knocked on our door and was like, Hey, yeah, right, I would imagine. I'm gonna explain some stuff, and he's just like, "But how yeah. would you explain to her? Like, okay, so I'm not that Steve, but I'm the same Steve, right? Um, and then, and, and then for I her to be say, with you, and for her to go, that's cool, you know, 
Yeah, for her to go, oh, yeah, that's cool. Where'd you say the other Steve was? Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Hey, but like, let, let me go you said him. He's, yeah. You said he's going he's gonna to survive this? Yeah, but you're going to be really old when he does. I think you want to get this right now. And, right. and it, you know, I, I think right. it's just, it's interesting, like, how would, how would you, I, I would be interested to see how that conversation went. Um, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it essentially, it's kind of messed up. There's a, oh, sorry, there's a Black Mirror episode that stars Haley Atwell and Domino mm. Gleason. Her, he's her boyfriend. He is like killed in a car accident. And the whole premise of that episode is you can order like these androids that are, that are designed to look like your dead loved one and they'll like live with you and you can like have your dead loved one back. Mm. And throughout the thing, you know, it has like a penis and everything. So she's like having sex with it because it's like, that was her boyfriend. And like after a while she's like realizes like, Oh, this is like a terrible mistake though, because you'll never be like my real, you know, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and it's ironic that this is like a same scenario. Cause you would think like, Oh, if he comes to like two days after she like lost him in the ice and, yeah. you know, basically gets the rebound on himself. And, you know, right. five years later, wouldn't she go, Oh, but you're still not the Steve I knew, even though you're probably exactly the same, you're still mm-hmm. not the Steve I knew. Um, right. I, pref- I probably shouldn't think about it that much because it would screw everything up, but I can't help but think about it a little bit. Like I'm right. sure that there was about 10 years where things were a bit tense <laughs> there. Yes. Um, right. Or he did just lie to her or he just said, Hey, I survived. And you know, in 2011, she sees the what? newspaper goes, what the fuck? And he goes, right. right okay. Right. Here's a oh, funny story. Yeah. Maybe, maybe right. that's why he's in the alternate timeline. Cause she kicked him out and he's like, Hey man, <laughs> I gotta go hide. I gotta go lay low for a few days. I'm gonna go back right, to, right, right. to, uh, to Avengers prime. <laughs> right. No, no, I, I feel, I feel like, like probably he went back and just said like, all right, look, mm-hmm. here's the deal. Your Steve is out in, is somewhere. Yeah. Um, maybe Steve doesn't even know where he crashed at. Like, yeah. like that's plausible. Um, but your Steve is out there somewhere. I don't know where. Um, you know what I like to but, think? But I am Steve. Yeah. I, and I don't know what year it was supposed to be if they, I don't think they indicated it. And I don't know what the song was, whatever. So I feel like they implied it was like, you know, 1945, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the same year he probably went away. Sure. But part of me wanted to think that he went right back to 1970 and found her there when it's she'd possible. had time to move on. It's possible. I, I think the – if I'm remembering correctly, I think the vehicles were older than mm-hmm. that. Right. I could be wrong. It could just be in my mind's eye. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd be interested to hear what the writers – like what their answer would be like what year, like in your mind, what, what, how did that go down? Or, or is it possible that Steve goes back to before the super soldier serum Mm -hmm. and says to her, listen, um, you don't know me, Mm -hmm. but my name is Steve Rogers and I know you from another time and you know, and, and I love you and I want to get to know you. And maybe they just date like normal and there is no, Oh, but didn't you crash land? But it's literally just, you know, hey, my name is Steve. Will you go out with me sometime? And and it's just a completely new thing. Yeah. I don't know. You know, m- maybe that's the cleanest. I don't know. I don't God, know. How. It's maybe, nuts. Maybe, maybe Steve just used the time stone and tried it a bunch of times and found the one that worked. Like, like, like every, like every time she was like, this is weird. Like He's like, all right, all right, all right I'm going to go try something different. Reset. <laughs> rewind. All right. Let me, let me try this, this sentence. Oh, that sentence worked. All right. Yeah. It's a real interesting uh, concept. You could think about that for hours, you know, like how would yeah, you, yeah. I mean, I almost want to write that scene, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I would imagine that, that. Agent Carter has seen some stuff. Sure. And so and so should he show up on her door and say, look, sit down because I got some craziness yeah. for you. She's not going to be like, mm, I don't buy it. She's going to be like, OK, all right. Like, let's. OK, thank you. Yeah. You know? I, I, and yeah. I don't know if he'd have to do, you know, prove a few things like I'm from another timeline, you know, 70 years in the future. And then just list right. a bunch of things that are going to happen that weekend. Like, here's a bunch right. of specific shit. Um, right. You know, just, you have, you know, go through all that. I don't know. Why don't you put some stock in that there Coca-Cola? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, anyway, 
He's he's like, Peggy, I have to tell you, there's this thing called Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, You're not going to believe it's it. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. It's going to be great. Um, oh, we can go Plot there. Plot twist. Yeah, we can Steve go Rogers there. is true at Kathy. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes back to the timeline, hands Sam the shield, and he's just wearing a Chick-fil-A like cap. <laughs> he's wearing a ball cap and a Sam, polo Sam, shirt. Sam's like, Sam's like, thank you, Steve. And Steve goes... My pleasure. <laughs> it's true it now. <laughs> that's funny. All right, that's gonna be the that, that's the show to, tonight, everybody. Mm. Um, I, I kind of forgot we were even rolling. Um, right. Um, all right. That, that's 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 the show. Tune in next week. Um, yeah. Sorry, I didn't talk about John Wick two this week. Uh, my wife called in sick on Friday, so instead of watching John Wick two on Friday night, I watched Parenthood with my wife. Um, yeah, that works. And I don't regret it. So um, yeah, I'll try and I'm, I'm gonna go see John Wick three this weekend. So I'll probably see John Wick two some point this week. So maybe I'll split the reviews up in a little bit, or cool. maybe I'll watch John Wick two after. That's a bad idea. I'm gonna do something. I, mean, gotcha. I had Friday off, and I'm, I'm not, I can't see the movie next week, so. Right, right, oh. right. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for night. listening. Bye.